Hey everybody, welcome in to the Irish NFL show. It's week 13. It seems like only yesterday we were sitting in Dublin recording the season preview. Uh, some great matchups this week. The Cowboys winning on Thursday Night Football. Kicking off tonight's show, we are delighted to be joined by the first analytics expert with NFL Media, Cynthia Freeland. She can be found on, obviously, NFL Media platforms on uh, NFL Fantasy Live each night at 11 o'clock on Sky Sports NFL and obviously on NFL Game Day on a Sunday. Cynthia, uh, very, very warm welcome to the Irish NFL Show. How are you? I'm I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Cynthia, we ask every guest this. I genuinely have no idea. Have you any Irish heritage? Have, have you been to Ireland before or even over to London for a game? I have been to, I've, I actually grew up in Luxembourg. So I've been to Ireland a number of times. I spent like a good amount of time in Dublin and we did like a big tour all over the place. And you know, we still have like my Waterford crystal that we got at Waterford because you know, Americans, that's what we do when we're there, right? So no, we, I've, I've, I've had spent a good amount of time in, in Ireland. I loved it. Well, we're happy to, to hear that. And the fact that you toured around even the, to see the, the country. <laughs> so uh, that's fantastic. Cynthia, I suppose di like diving straight in into potentially the, kind of most interesting division in football, the NFC West. And you did a pretty good job in terms of your predictions uh, preseason. Uh, you, you said that the Seahawks are going to struggle a little bit. They've maybe struggled a bit more than any of us even thought. Um, you said to keep an eye on the Cards defense and you expected big things from Chandler Jones. You had concerns about the Rams, particularly their O-line, and you were pretty high on the 49ers, who obviously didn't start so well, but have suddenly found some form. Just wondering, as we enter week 13, what your thoughts are now? I think that, well, the Cardinals could win like something like 13 games now, like looking over kind of what's going on now. Of course, it's, I didn't know they were going to win that many games. I thought that they would probably finish second. I thought that the 49ers schedule and how favorable at least it started would be, would be a good thing for them. But it was injuries. So I think that the Niners will end up making the playoffs. I think it's going to go. Cardinals and then it'll be interesting to see between the Niners and the Rams who can come out ahead but I actually think three of these teams make it to the to the playoffs and not the Seahawks obviously. Since you're going into the season a lot of people felt that the Browns the Cleveland Browns had a great opportunity to potentially go to the Super Bowl building on a, a successful season last year but um, even in the fancy leagues a lot of people were saying take Chubb take Hunt they've obviously had a lot of injuries and, and Baker Mayfield has been playing with injuries as well are you surprised how, how the drop off? I know they're still in the race potentially, but it's not at the ex expectations which people felt they would be. Yeah, it's interesting because kind of, well, first of all, I don't think anyone saw the Bengals being as good as they are, especially because, and I'll be the first to admit, I think their O-line uh, heading into the season, I was like, this is bad news for Joe Burrow, but they've created a good scheme and now they're like, you know, 20th. So they're way better than I thought they would be. I thought they'd be like 32nd, 31st, right? So. I think the interesting thing there is the division's actually quite difficult and the Ravens have been getting lucky. I mean, they have four games that they took like improbable, crazy, you know, field goals that are history making and, you know, four, you usually don't win if you turn the ball over four times, like stuff like, you know, so I think that division is just a little nuts. And, you know, I think injuries have really hit the Browns pretty hard. I mean, right tackle Jack Conklin is a huge loss and that is kind of the strength of their team, right? So, and then you've seen, obviously Hunt, and then Chubb missed games for various reasons, but you know you you got to kind of get your the, the, on paper they're they're awesome, but when it comes to actually playing, I mean I don't know how many injuries Baker Mayfield has. It feels like there's like 15 or 16 on the list. So, 
probably another one this weekend. Who, who knows what's going to happen? Um, this has been the season of unpredictable, uh, just a completely unpredictable results. In the view. I mean, we were at Tottenham for the Jaguars field goal the last second. That feels like five minutes ago. But for you, you know, who has been the, the, the standout or the team that surprised you most this season going into week 13? I guess I would have to say the Patriots, um, not because I didn't think that they had a good team. I knew their defense would be good, but the fact that they were able to, like, I believe the reports that they didn't know they were going to be able to take Mac Jones. Like they didn't know. I mean, they were going to start with Cam Newton for goodness sake. So, you know, they did all of the things in free agency that would support a Mac Jones, meaning they went and got heavy personnel, a lot more tight ends. They brought in two top tier tight ends in terms of free agents. They spent a lot of money and they did get some people back who had opted out from COVID, especially on the defense. So you knew the defense was going to be good, but I don't think you, at least I wasn't sure that this offense was going to look the way that it has, especially considering there are a bunch of very credible reports out there that they were sincerely thinking about taking Elijah Vera Tucker, who's the guard for who's now on the Jets. And can you imagine how different this whole draft would have sh shaken out had they went with a guard instead of Mac Jones? Yeah, it would be uh, certainly could be very, very different in New England. Um, one team who the model was high on, obviously, uh, before the season started was the Washington football team, but they got off to a poor start. They then lose Montez Sweat and Chase Young, and yet since then, they've won three on the bounce. What, what do you think has led to, to them being able to win despite losing those two guys? Well, they, their schedule did start off a little bit tricky. And remember, they still have the entire, like the NFC East is far from being decided because they're backloaded with their schedule playing each other. So we don't really even know what we're looking at yet. And they had a hard start. They were playing the first place schedule. So because they finish in first, they have to play the hardest schedule that punishes, punishes them, right? So in theory, but, you know, look, when you lose Ryan Fitzpatrick so early and they had probably thought about they did not probably imagine they'd be having to roll with Taylor Heineke, especially for this many games. I think what, what you're seeing is I think you're finally seeing the O-line play a lot better. Brandon Sheriff especially has been really helpful. You see the run game working. I mean, and uh, JD McKissick's not going to play this week, but you saw that kind of one-two punch of the Antonio Gibson. And I would imagine now you see a good Logan Thomas uptick in, in catches because of the the short passes to keep Taylor Heineke, you know, he's had like a over 72% completion percentage down three games. So how do you do that? It's with short passes. You don't get those from, from deep passes. Cindy, the, the Chargers leading into the season, a lot of people felt the Chargers were going to make that push towards the playoffs this year. New head coach started off Herbert. because one has one of the prettiest long balls in the game, deep balls. The last few weeks has been, been inconsistent. Are you, are you surprised how it's fallen off slightly? Or do you think they'll get it back and just about make the playoffs? You know what's funny is ever since I moved to Los Angeles in 2016, every preseason is like, this is the Chargers year. And then it's like something happens. But I actually do like Justin Herbert a lot. And I think he is a very good long-term quarterback. He's one of the, you know, you want the league to be full of young quarterbacks who are really good. And he's one of those who I would say is like a great thing that we have going forward just in the league overall for the health of the league. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because, what the Chargers have faltered on. They started off strong. They were going for it on fourth down. They had schemes that were supporting, you know, they were the, the best fourth down team, conversion team in the league for several weeks. And they had some really nice things going on, some really planned, well-planned, well-executed 
you know, opportunities. Mike Williams started off the, the season just so strong with his new haircut. You know, he came out here with a fresh, with that fresh cut. So, but what happens is, is, you know, I think maybe they showed us a little too much of the playbook too early. And I think now you'll see you know, the, the good players are still really good. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is included, but now you have to see, okay, as defenses are starting to figure out what are the tricks that this team's going to pull in this season. Now, the, unfortunately, the Chargers defense, which is a very good defense, but it's still, you know, they, it, there are some areas where, I mean, the run game has been a consistent problem for the entire season. And yeah, there's some injuries, but I don't know if a Drew Tranquil is going to make a difference, right? I don't know if just one player is going to be the difference. And it's very hard. If you consistently allow a team to run on you, it is very, very hard to continually win games. It just very, it, is, it just is. And they've been poor in the run defense game this entire season. Sylvia, granted it's the start of the weekend, but is there any game that stands out to you already at the start of the weekend going ahead this weekend where you could see maybe a potential shock or maybe something that's more closer that we might think? I mean, for me, I'm looking at that Chargers game on Sunday thinking it could be a banana skin. That's the game I'm most interested in watching, you know, from a, like, because the Chargers seem to be on the downturn and the Bengals seems to be on the upturn. And this will be really important for to both teams actually if they want to make the playoffs afc has 12 teams that are above 500 that's ridiculous like that is it's afc just very very strong in general you're going to see the afc with just teams nfc you're gonna it's possible that one of these nfc teams gets in at like nine and eight which is just really gnarly whereas it probably takes 11 wins to like really be guaranteed that you're gonna i mean 10 will get in but all those tiebreakers and cascade blah 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 blah, blah like if then scenarios like way too long to even try to figure out i'd be here for like 15 podcasts if you did that so you know look like you gotta whoever wins this game it's you know if the chargers don't win this game it's going to be very hard for them to then really make a true playoff run or even make the playoffs for that matter so i think that's interesting but i i think actually my one upset is i think washington upsets vegas so i think i think that's a even without jd mckissick i think that that's the one where i I'm really interested to see because obviously we saw Raiders on Thanksgiving day. So last Thursday and they looked awesome and they obviously beat the Cowboys, but I've also seen the Raiders look really horrible for two weeks prior to that. So who are the Raiders? I don't know. I know that their defense gets the most pressure in terms of, you know, pressure percentage in the NFL, but I don't think their off their offensive line and especially in the middle is garbage. And that's really hard. Even if Derek Carr is awesome, which he has played so well this season, but the middle of your O line, not, helping you out is it's going to be tough on anyone Cynthia I suppose uh, a decade ago we had Bill Belichick saying stats are for losers and we've come a long way since then this season we've seen teams kind of go for it more on fourth down um, than ever before and a lot of that is down to analytics despite I think what Mike Tomlin might might say but I'm, I suppose I'm interested, like, this is your world. Do you think um, in terms of, is it, the, is it that it's a new generation of coaches? Like, is there somewhere you think we might see the next step after this super aggressiveness on four down? What might next gen stats lead to? So the interesting part about like going for it on fourth down now is remember the supply of players that we have come from college. So what's going on in the college game directly influences what's possible in in the pro game. You know, like it's just the way supply and demand works, right? So, you know, ultimately 
part of the reason why going for it on fourth down, there's, there's kind of two main things. The first is that you have a lot of defensive imbalance. So if you're planning on it and going for fourth down and you have two call, two plays called and you don't need to change your personnel, then you have your third down personnel in on fourth down and the defense does too, right? So they could be thrown off balance. So why would the, it's third and eight, right? Which is typically a situation where you would pass the ball. Well, if you're going to play it as two downs, then you could run the ball in that first on that first down and maybe pick up eight, all eight yards, right? Or because you're, you're throwing people off balance. Do they play man in that situation or do they stick with zone or what, you know, what are they going to do? Right? So it's, it's really a strategic question. And then if you get that second play in pretty quick, then you can throw them off balance yet again. So it's really about kind of that offensive advantage. And part of that is because the rules have evolved to favor, favor the offense a bit more. So teams are smart to take advantage of that. And also, if you look at the college game and the explosion of points in the NCAA game for us, it's because offenses come up with weirdo tricks and these kids are used to the tricks. And that's kind of some of the things that really happen. Like running backs, it's rare to see like a true like running back most of these guys coming out of college are pass catching backs now it's you you rarely see like a real downhill runner that just like ball carrier like you know you don't see mjd anymore right they all look a lot more like alvin Kamara. so it's it's interesting to see it's and, and part of that is because you know o-lines are different it's teaching o-line differently and then even younger kids who maybe would have played running back they're switching them to safety because the way that the so it's it's a lot of you have to kind of keep track of like where the trends are for the under you know underclassmen so that that as they become up you know towards becoming the NFL then you get to see I mean Mac Jones and I love it you know Bill Belichick Mike Tomlin all of them have analytics departments to be clear and Bill Belichick probably pioneered it with Ernie Adams so he can say we're losers all we want but he's told me I'm not a loser to my face so we're gonna go with that. But um, but at the end of the day, it's it's really about getting a strategic edge on your opponents. And the more that teams practice it and they are practicing it more then the more confident they are doing it. You know, it doesn't seem like this one off thing like, oh, no, we're sticking all of our like we're so worried. Like, oh, my gosh, we're taking all of our entire game on this one call. It's, it's not like that. Right. It's like, all right, we're we're specifically doing this in this situation because this is where we think we have an edge. Cynthia, over the past 12 months, we've been very fortunate to interview uh, a number of your colleagues from NFL Network. And the recording team is, it's like a family there and everybody seems to enjoy working together. Any particular stories from your time working there? Anything stand out that you want to share? You know, I will tell you, I used to work at ESPN too, and it is a family here for sure. And it's not to say anything bad about ESPN. They're just much larger and it's just a different thing. But, you know, I will say, especially this season, you know, we we added Rachel Bonetta to... Uh, two of the shows that I'm on game day morning and game day view, which is a show where we pick everything. And, you know, it's been really nice to have like, you know, other places be like, Oh, women, Oh, get competitive. And here it's like really nice. And after this, I have lunch with one of our other young hires and she's asking me about NFTs and how to grow in that space. So we really do have like a nice family. And I will tell you, like, if you would have told me five years ago when I came over here that, you know, Michael Irvin would be someone who calls me at home and make sure I'm okay. Anytime I'm like, not a, like I would, I mean, Steve Mariucci, okay. I might've believed it because we're both from Michigan and he's kind of like an old grandpa type, like best world. But you know, but if I, if you would have told me like Michael Irvin would like send us my family my dad had been sick, Irv will like drop everything. What, what can I do? Do you need to make calls? Like what, anything. So, and, and that's, that goes for literally everyone here. Like they're, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a very special place. We're very, feel very lucky to work here with these people. 
we uh, we interviewed Colleen Wolf last week as part of our Thanksgiving special, and she couldn't stop raving about Michael Irvin. Obviously, she works with him on the Thursday night football coverage, and she was raving about what a nice guy he is and how he how he looks after her as well. So. Yes, he's he's back. and Colleen's great. She's like the funny part is is I barely get to see her because she's on the road so often. So, but we have like you know I think in like two weeks when we have charters and and uh, chiefs here, and we're like we're having a girls' night the week out, and everyone's like yes, we're all in. So it's it's great. We're I'm I'm very excited. Like it's it's good. We have a we have a good. We really do have like a very nice group of people here. The great thing with the international expansion as well, Cynthia, is we get to see you, obviously, as you mentioned at the start, NFL Fantasy Live each night on Sky Sports and obviously the, the odd time on Total Access and other NFL media outlets. I want to thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome on any time and wish you all the best over the rest of the season. It's hard to believe we are literally seven weeks from the end or eight weeks. So uh... How can you? I can't even believe it. Anyways, I really appreciate you guys having me have such... I love that you love it so much. I'm I'm curious. I got to ask you before you go, who, which team is on your broadcast? Which team do you guys see the most? Because my sister lives in Denmark and they only see Packers. We have, we have Red Zone on one channel every Sunday and then there'll be a game at six o'clock our time, which is the one o'clock slate and then in the afternoon. But they mix it up. Every team gets shown throughout the season and then you've got the tours on Monday games live on Sunday Night Football. So we get everything. Good. Because I mean, I, there's, it seems that for whatever reason, my sister tells me she's like, and it's it's even funnier because I'm like, well, well, at least make it like the Minnesota Vikings or something that would make sense, right? No, it's only Green Bay Packers. Like they get Packers games and then they'll mix up other ones. But she's and we're from Michigan, so she's like, what the heck? Like now I have to watch Aaron Rodgers even more. I'm like the Lions are terrible, so that's why. It's pretty, it's pretty cool, and obviously the new NFL deal as well. We, we get to see you a lot more often as well, and and the team, and we've we've had Adam Rank on as well. So look, oh, Cynthia. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's as as we say here, he's great crack. He's he's good fun. But uh, <laughs> massive thanks, Cindy, for coming on and, and uh, at C Freeland on Twitter. And hopefully, we get to speak to you again soon. And thanks so much. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. That was. Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. Welcome in, folks. It is week 13 of the NFL season. Mark isn't here tonight. I think Brian's going to join us very shortly, Colin, yeah? You're on mute. I think I think Brian may have taken a bathroom break. I, th I think he may have. Hold on, hold on. We've got big, big breaking news. We are delighted to be joined by... Brian, Brian hello. Good evening, gents. What a what a great introduction! I don't know where that music came from, Michael. I think you must be getting the old romantic hits out again for the, the wife. <laughs> well, Brian, it was a, obviously welcome and welcome everyone. Week thirteen Irish NFL show presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange and our friends over at Trust Gaming. Brian, great to hear from Cynthia. Yeah, great. It was a very insightful interview. It was good to hear her thoughts on numerous teams. I think we. Did it justice for fans over this side of the world in terms of trying to get an avenue on each team as much as we could. And we felt there was a few teams that needed a bit of love because they've had a few difficult weeks. And then obviously a few other teams have done really well. But no, it's great to have her on and uh, great to see her, like the NFL Network people supporting the, supporting the show, which they've done over the past five months because we've had some really good guests on throughout that time. 
Yeah, Colin, big thanks to NFL Network over the last uh, few months and then, I guess over the last year. But big, big week 13. Any decent games, Colin, this, this week? Any? Uh, just uh, just a few this week. I think there'll be some uh, some interesting matchups, possibly some you might think on paper some mismatches, but we've already seen this season how it can work out. We saw the Bills somehow lose to the Jaguars. We saw the Titans somehow lose to the Jets. So any given Sunday, anything can happen in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. We are going to go full screen tonight. Because we've got some lovely graphics. Oh, 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 hopefully, hopefully, hope. Right. Here we go. How many games is there this week? Like what, 12, 13? Is it? Enough. Let's put it Brian, you're very small. You, you know, you're like in, in first year in school. There we go. Right. Bucks, eight and three, Falcons, five and six. Obviously, great to have Cynthia on. And thanks again to Cynthia. Let's get straight into it. We've got Super Bowl champion Bucks going up against the Falcons. Column, uh, Surely Tom Brady wins this one, no? Well, he should, simple as that, but it is obviously uh, a bit of a, a rivalry. But like, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a weird season in some ways for Brady, right? Because he leads the league in terms of passing attempts, completions, and touchdowns. But he's thrown an interception in four straight games now. And at other times, you know, he just has hasn't looked quite himself um but he's still tom brady they're still the box um they've had some interesting off the field issues and some suspensions uh which has affected certainly their passing game but all of a sudden leonard fournette has developed a, a pass catching aspect to his game and i think he has 20 23 receptions um over the the past three games or or thereabouts i obviously had a huge game last week came up really really big against the the colts who couldn't seem to do anything against them and gronk another 100 yard game um he's one shy of uh, tony gonzalez for tying the most in in nfl history um and so I imagine that's what they're going to lean on again this week. Um, the, the Godwin and, and Evans have flashed at times, but have disappointed at others. For the Falcons, look, we saw what the Cowboys and the Patriots did to this Falcons defense. That would be a, a huge concern. And Matt Ryan, after playing so well, has had an absolutely horrendous last few games. The worst QBR in the league. Um, I think he was sacked four times by the, by the Pats um, last week um, and taken a huge number of sacks. If you're if you're the Falcons, look, there's always the chance and it's going to come down to Cordell Patterson, I think, who has just had the X factor this, this season. He's been fantastic. I'm interested to see what he can do against this kind of stout Bucks defense. Um, and AJ Terrell has been really good. But I'm going to go for the the Bucks to to win this and go to nine and three. Everybody kind of references the Falcons when they play Brady because of that Super Bowl. But but Brady's still nine and zero in his career versus the Falcons. He owns the Falcons. Chris Godwin owns the Falcons. He's had a touchdown in the last six games against them. And uh, your column made some very valid points around how inconsistent this Falcons offense has been, and they rebounded last week against the Jags, but I think large parts of that were down to the fact that Cordell Patterson, who's been standout player this season, we all felt it might have been Kyle Pitts, but it's been Patterson, you know, four rushing touchdowns, five uh, passing touchdowns, and not many players in the league are getting those type of stats on both sides of the ball. I know Devo Samuel is running them close because he's had such a good season for the 49ers. Last year's game was interesting. 
Falcons weren't great last year, but they ran them close in Atlanta. But inevitably, in the end, the Bucks found a way to win. I think it's a similar scenario here. I think the Bucks will win. I don't think it'll be a blowout as as a lot of people seem to think. But I think in the end, they'll win. Comfortably. It'll be a comfortable enough game in the end. But I think the Falcons will hang around for a while. No Mark tonight. Mark is uh, AWOL. I'm thinking of you, Mark, and we'll see you soon. Uh, Mark's going with the Bucks. Lovely pick from Mark. Thank you for your picks, Mark. Thanks to Matchbook, who are presenting every one of our Week 13 picks. Uh, I need to win in fantasy this week. My tight end is Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski last week, 123 yards rushing. Uh, the other night, during the United Arsenal game, the news broke about Antonio Brown uh, with the whole COVID cert, etc., I don't know what it's called. Like we, we call it the COVID cert. Anyway, didn't have a COVID cert. I actually misread the tweet as the other guy was Mike Evans. And I was like, oh my God, I got to pick, got to get Grog starting here. I'm going to get some, is it Johnson or whatever in? It wasn't Mike Evans, but uh, Antonio Brown for three games. He's accepted the penalty as well. This game will be over at halftime, boys. Uh, the Bucks will win by 20 or 30. Tom Brady's going to have four passing touchdowns. 350 plus yards. Rob Gronkowski is going to go for 150 on the day. Do you get in the Hall of Fame if Tony Gonzalez is in it? Or what's the... <laughs> the conversation of the day? Michael, he did have a cert. He did have the COVID. He just didn't have a valid one. You know, it's like that oh, fake so he, idea. He did have it, but I, I, I thought it was I, fake. So I think, I think yeah, it had a picture of McLovin on it. Yeah, it's like when you're 78 and you had that fake ID to get you into the bars when you're then to be 18 years of age. Get him over the line and get him into training camp. I saw someone last night refer to Rogers' situation being very similar. It wasn't because Roger was Rogers was taking the daily tests as part of the protocols. Antonio Brown, who wasn't vaccinated, wasn't. So two very different scenarios, and the league mm. have hit him hard. Three games. Well, I seen a tweet. I seen a tweet uh, yesterday that um, Rogers obviously had his feet out, uh, and Antonio Brown did. And Antonio Brown's feet are. Um, well, to be on the ground I'll, for a while, anyway. I'll come back to that. Uh, anyway, uh, look, a full house to kick us off. A very, you know, harmony. Uh, let's see if we can keep it that way. Obviously, the picks presented by Matchbook. Yes, Brian? One of the easier ones to kick off, let's be fair. Well, this could be an even easier one. Uh, the Cardinals, 9-2. and two, The Bears, 4-7. and seven. Kyler Murray should be back in this game. Cardinals starting to get the guys back. Kyler Murray hasn't just had a bye week. Colin, he's had a bye month. I mean... Surely, surely, if you're a Cardinals fan, you're feeling very confident here, not just for this game, but for the stretch over the next month. Yeah, we haven't seen Kyler since week eight, but um, I saw uh, Kingsbury say that it's going to be a game time decision for him and D Hop. So, um, yeah, I, I thought he'd be back, but obviously we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Look, the Bears were on a five-game losing streak, and then they got to play the Lions, and they just about beat the Lions, um, even though Andy Dalton threw for um, 300 yards, but they, they just about scraped over the line. But he, you know, Obviously, if Murray plays, they'll be facing a much better offense, but they're coming up against a serious defense. This Cardinals defense is has been really, really good. And the worry for the Bears is the fact that they have given up the most sacks in the league. It doesn't really matter whether it's Dalton or Fields back there. Um, uh, so I, I could see Chandler Jones having a, a big, big day. Um, the best way to get at this Cards team is on the ground. So David Montgomery, but he, I, I don't know if they're going to be explosive enough um, to, to take advantage of that. 
um, Goff put up um, decent uh, decent numbers on the the Bears, which would be a, a concern as well. The I think that the biggest hope for the Bears in this is probably Robert Quinn. Um, he has uh, 11 sacks, which puts him joint fourth on the, the leaderboard. Um, and he had three and a half last week. So the, the cards do give up um, sacks. They've given up 26 on the season, more than two per game. So that could be a factor. But um, I would say that the cards should do enough to move to 10 and 2. And Chicago media saying late Friday evening that uh, Justin Fields may not play on Sunday. More likely Andy Dalton to play. And Tevin Jenkins is finally going to be activated as well. Yeah, well, I hadn't seen the Jenkins news, but I have, I have seen the Cow, or sorry, the Cowboys. I have seen the Bears in news, which is that Andy Dalton is going to play as, as quarterback. And I've also seen news that uh, that D-Hop is going to be active for the Cars in this game as well. And Kyler Murray will be a more game-time decision, as Collins alluded to. But they're 6-0 on the road. Like They've won every game on the road this year, the Cardinals team. And in nine of the games in which they played this season, they've held teams under 20 points against the Bears offense, which Collins touched on last week in terms of the Thanksgiving game. They got over the line. They started over the line against, a, let's be honest, a shambolic, a shambolic Lions team at this stage. They're averaging 169 yards per game this season. I mean, there's very few games that have gone over 200, and they're hitting records that they haven't hit for the wrong reasons since 2018. Struggling to see how where the Bears are going to get it come out of this game with a win. They've lost five of the last six games, and we touched on that six game was in fact the win last week against the Lions so it's hard to get too excited for the Bears it's another day struggling offensively Cardinals are going to win expect Carla Murray to play and expect a big bounce back from this offense that has done very well in the in the meantime when with Carla Murray out and Colt McCoy you know with the exception of that game against the Panthers has won games with him a quarterback which has surprised us all so for me you can't see any, anything else but a Cards win uh Mark is going with the cards. So, so far, so good in terms of all our picks tonight. Uh, well, I said last week on the Thanksgiving special, which it was really enjoyable show, really enjoyed it last week, lads, that um, Andy Dalton starting gives the Bears a better chance. And, and I still agree with that. I don't think with the injury that Justin Fields has that he should see the feed league in the season as a starter, personally. I think he needs to be rested now. He's clearly banged up badly. The Bears having a shot of going to the playoffs, but that is just my opinion. Um, Andy Dalton gives him a better chance. Andy Dalton had more fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes last week. Um, so, you know, you can take that that way as well. For me, I, I just can't see how the Bears are going to get it going. Like, you know, there, there's one thing talking about Mooney and Montgomery, but even with McCoy, the Cardinals will win this game and win it comfortably. And this game could be over by the half. It could be over by the early third quarter. Uh, and it doesn't matter that it's a soldier field because Nagy's Bears will not get it done. Uh, and I would also question why is tevin jenkins coming into a game like this it just it just at, it, at this stage of season i give you i could give you a valid reason as to why i mean, I, uh, I can see why but it's just i would leave him for another week or so personally but i'm not a coach in the nfl i haven't well, got a clue well they've got tough the games coming up like they're going to play the packers in a couple of weeks but i was just going to make the point there you're asking why justin fields you know potentially shutting justin fields down for the season i don't know what's the game from that because it's not a tanking situation for the Bears because they've no first round pick. So you, you'd rather. I, would, I, I wouldn't want him to get injured again, Brian, very quickly. If he took another yeah. hit. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. But I think that they probably haven't seen. I don't know what your thoughts are in terms of what you feel you've seen enough. Have we seen enough of him this season? Yeah, he's had some good spots. But we've had, we've seen games where he's 
gone into Tampa Bay and he's self-destructed and we saw him in Cleveland in, in his first game and he was very poor. Uh, I think back to the game against the 49ers at home, he played very well, he had that great touchdown. Um, and the game in Pittsburgh, people felt he was progressing. So I still think they want to see a little bit more of him. And if it means him playing two or three games toward the end of the season, I think that would happen. Yeah, I think I think he has to be right, but I think if he is, you you want to see you want to see what you have. I mean, I, I don't think Matt Nagy ha- handled it particularly well at, at the start, and therefore you didn't get a, you know feels to see as much as you wanted. Um, I I'm I'm of the opinion that with first round QBs, just play them, and because the growing pains have to be there, and I, I just think. You know Andy Dalton isn't the, the long-term answer. You hope Fields is, but you're not going to know unless you play him. But yeah, he has to be He has to be right. I mean, we saw last year Drew Brees come back from the rib injury, and he had to come back because the Saints had the playoff push, but he wasn't right. So you got to make sure he is right because you don't want um, a, a longer term. But if he is, I do think he'll be back in for the last couple of games at least. The... Should be a decent game regardless to see what happens. Yeah. That game obviously on Reds on this weekend on Sky on Game Pass as well. Irish NFL show presented by Match Big Betting Exchange and Trust Gaming. Week 13, we're going to look now at what promises to be in Sylvia Freedom mentioned as well. That's this Bengals Chargers game. It's in Cincinnati. The Bengals are seven and four. The Chargers six and five column with two AFC West teams playing each other and the Raiders having what could be argued, we'll see later on as a potentially banana skin or difficult matchup against WFT. Uh, a massive game for the Chargers, but also a huge game for the Bengals in a division which is very, I would say, uncertain at the minute with certain teams. Yeah, well, I mean, for the, the Bengals, they've obviously got the the Ravens and the Steelers going up against each other as well. So um, there's both teams have a lot to play for. Uh, to me, I suppose the two keys, I think, to this are can the Chargers stop Mixon? who went for 160 yards last week, 120 the week prior, and he scored at least a touchdown in his past five games. Going on the evidence I saw with my own eyes last week, no, they can't. Um, so I, I am, I'm very interested to see because, look, um, Staley is obviously a very good coach, but we are 13 weeks in at this point. Over the opening 12 weeks, they haven't been able to stop the run. They've got to come up with something magic, I think, to to do it. The the other thing, I suppose, that Burrow has been clean for the the past two weeks, which has really helped, and and a lot of that is because they've been able to lean into... um, into mixing the chargers are very good against the pass but the fact that the i suppose the the bengals have other options apart from just jamar chase we've seen chase uh, you know slow a, a lot over the last number of weeks but the bengals have been able to go to two other receivers i think for the chargers it, it's got to come down to mike williams when Herbert and Mike Williams are on the same page, it's fantastic, but all too frequently, all too frequently, it, th- that's not the case. And when they're not on the same page, it is horrid. So that would be the the concern that I would have. Um, I also think the charges have given up a, a number of sacks. Broncos got to Herbert three times. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, who's come in and been a really good um, free agency signing for the Bengals, has 11 sacks. He, I think he's going to add to it. I'm going to take the, the Bengals to win this and go to 8-4. and four. Yeah, look, this Chargers team, we've discussed them time and time again. I know it's the start of the season. You know, I was only today looking through our picks at the start of the season in terms of what we felt was going to be divisional winners, wild cards, and Chargers were high up there 
across the board. But this inconsistency is, is particular on this defense. And Collins touched on it. If they don't get this defense sorted, you know, in the long run, they're not going to make the playoffs. Or if they are, they're going to be certainly in and out very quickly. Seven games in a row, they've given up 24 plus points, 300 yards passing, and then obviously the rushing situation. You know, to do that seven games in a row and be six and five, you could argue it shows the attributes of how good this offense is because this offense is saving them. But can it save them in the long run? I find it hard to, to see how it's going to save them against a team that have put up 30 points in five of their last six games. And that's the Bengals who are consistently one of the better teams this season. It's For me, this is a tricky game for the Bengals because if you look at the uh, schedule coming up, they've got the fourth most, fourth most difficult schedule left across the league. This is the kind of game now they have to, re, re, I suppose, get over the line, get this win, go eight and four, and then at least then you you certainly think you're in with a shot of at least a wild card, if not winning the division. Because as you said, division is competitive. I'm with Colm, I think, bearing in mind Mixon, who's been such an efficient running back. Colm said he scored one touchdown, you know, in the last five games. He scored two touchdowns in the last three games. He's As you said, he's running over 100 yards. How do you stop him? Bengals, for me, as well. Tip the Bengals is going to kill these boys at the minute. All this jinxing. Mark's going for the Bengals. Oh, so uh, look, we haven't even talked about T Higgins over 100 yards last week as well. Yeah, that combination there with uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Never even mind about the defense and how he's playing at the minute. Uh, I feel for the Chargers because I thought the Chargers would win last week in Denver. They didn't, they didn't come close. Well, uh, they can't. Well, you know, that's that, that I, I know, I know, but at one point they were seven points down, and then they should have, they, like, they. I'm well, they were, they, were, they were tied at the start of the game. Yes, but at one point it was 14-7. Drew Locke was in and it went... I mean, you were there. It was flat as a pancake, yeah? So well, yeah, one would for, think that they may had, have... Had Drew Locke stayed in, potentially, but once Teddy came back in, they never they never really got going. Their passing attack never got going last week. He just couldn't get on the same page as Mike Williams. I this think, game um, comes down... Yeah. Sorry, no, I was going to say it was 14-7, uh, not to look too far back in last week, it was 14-7 at half time in Mile High last weekend, and the Chargers have played so poorly in the first half that a lot of people felt they've they've got the bad half out of the way now and they'll come on strong in the second half. It never materialized. Sorry, one more point on the game. Um, yeah, you touched on it, T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd as well, another great wide receiver for him this season. And we've, we've spoken, lamented about char- uh, Chase throughout the season, but uh, we touched on it on Monday's show. If you actually look at the statistics of the wide receivers, it's an evening spread. Um, offense this season, he's getting the ball out to a lot of players. It's not just all about the chase. Um, pardon the pun. This is a game in which, for the Chargers to win, Herbert needs to be let go and allowed to do whatever he wants, tactically, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of long balls, long passes, not just to Mike Williams, but also to Keenan Allen. Uh, that won't happen, which is why the Bengals are going to win this game. And it's their own fault. They've got a quarterback with huge potential, but their performances over the last three or four games have been piss poor and it's not good enough. So, full house. Michael, you should start um, taking photographs of every single selection so far with smiles on us and then we, we roll them out and then someone will hit us on Sunday night, you know, tomorrow evening on Red Zone saying, guys, you got it wrong. So, we got full house on the Bucks. We had a full house on the Cowboys the other night. Full house on the Cardinals. Full house on the Bengals. Uh, right. Well, I don't think we'll have a full house in this one, to be fair. We got the Vikings 5 and 6 against the 0 10 and 1 Detroit Lions. Column, uh, when I'm on my funeral bed, no, when I'm on my deathbed, I want those three and a half hours back from last Thursday. 
Jesus, like that was, you know, you, you talk about difficult things to watch. That that was atrocious last week, wasn't it? Yeah, the Lions have lost uh, five games in a row on Thanksgiving, and um, you know, outside of that Steelers game where they had to play Mason Rudolph, uh, I think Paxton Lynch might have actually been better. Uh, the Lions haven't, you know, they they flashed in moments. We saw obviously a good opening quarter against the Rams, but they've they've been massively disappointing, and I I think even though they're at home and even though they're up against again uh, a rival. This this game, it's come down to Kirk Cousins, right? When um, Cousins go throws for uh, less than 275 yards, the Vikings are 0-5. So they need Cousins to, to throw the ball. They should be leaning into the passing game more. Um, Dalvin Cook is obviously out now, um, but I think they've probably leaned into to Cook a, a little too much. They should be looking for um, Justin Jefferson, uh, player of the month, um, in the NFC for November. Um, and he's just such a talent. He is, um, he's brilliant. And obviously they have Thielen as well and, and Conklin. So they have um, an, a number of different um, options. Um, the Vikings are 4-0 and when uh, Jefferson has more than 100 yards. Um, and the, the Lions gave up 300 yards to Andy Dalton. So Kirk uh, should be well able to get over that 275. For the the Lions, the, the best way to get at this Vikings team is on the ground, but Swift is out injured now. Um, Goff did okay against the, the Bears, but the Vikings are much better against the, the pass. Uh, I'm going to go for the Vikes to get back to 500 by going 6-6. Six and six. In fairness to the Lions' defense, they have played reasonably well over the past month. They haven't conceded less over 16 points in the last three games, but yet they still haven't found a way to win a game, and a lot of that is down to the inconsistency of this offense. Goff played last week, started off well, had that big touchdown, then he quickly went away, and we saw what we were used to seeing. And that Lions' offense hasn't scored 20 points or more for 10 straight games. They haven't, I mean, they're setting records that haven't been met since 1942. That just shows the shambles that it's dealing with. And uh, you'd, ha- you'd have to question whether Dan Campbell is going to be there next year. I know it's his fourth year as head coach, but we've seen some strange, strange uh, decisions this year in terms of him taking over play calling and some of the stuff he's come out with in the press conference. I'm not sure he's going to be the right man in the long run, but for me, this game, the Vikings have won eight in a row versus the Lions. They're going to make it nine. Um, just 10 of, their, 10 of their 11 games this season have been one-score games. I don't think we're going to see the same situation this, this weekend. I think the Vikings will win just comfortably, despite the Cook injury. As Collins alluded, they've got enough talent there to put up numbers on this team. The Vikings to win. Blowout. Mark is going with the Lions. I'm not sure why. I'm only joking. He's not. He's not. He's going with the Vikings. Uh, I would echo the points of a blowout. I, I think her Cousins... Hold on just one second. Hold on. I'm gonna pick him up for fallacy right now. This 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 has to be a sure bet. Yeah. I um second last. I need to win, right? Surely Kirk Cousins, lads, is this is it. This is his year. This is this is his week. I don't Five know. Uh, I don't know if this is gonna be the Kirk Cousins show in terms of putting up huge fancy points because it's the kind of game if they're if they're comfortably ahead, he might get pulled in the fourth quarter, you know, or they He's just available. they run the ball. You know, Madison is the backup uh, running back will come in, and, you know, and take the lead carries away with Davin Cook being injured. I wouldn't be getting too excited on Kirk Cousins in this one. I think they'll 
We'll see. I'm, I'm going to have to go. I've, 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 I've nobody to replace him with. <laughs> I, no, I haven't. I haven't. Like, my, my bench is stacked, so I can't. Uh, Are you picking the Vikings now? <laughs> this game be over at the end of the first quarter, Brand. This this, this game is... Like, last week was a disgrace. And I, I do think Dan Campbell will be there next year because what's the other option? Stop and start again. He clearly has passion for the job. He has passion for the position. Well, Give him time. You know, maybe something might happen. But, I mean, the, the Lions no are going nowhere. Like, huh? There's no progression. I mean, there never like, is. So what's the point anyway? Like, what's the point? They're, they're going to have the first round pick. Who do you trust? Do you trust it? Well, the GM will be making the pick. So... All right, you'd like to think, anyway. I tell you what, I wouldn't buy a Ford. All right, I'll they put got it, two first-round picks actually, I think, because they got to pick him from the Rams on the cough to cough trade. Yeah, so you have this draft next year study something. I mean, like, it's almost as if you need the Giants to get somebody in the draft next year or, or some sort of. You know? No, no, I, I'm, I'm going. I'm going with the Vikings. I, I think this game is. Uh, if the Vikings don't win this, I mean, Jesus, boys, this is. Like this is embarrassing. Like if they don't win this, but uh, said the same about years. Titans at the Jets. Said oh. the same about the what, Bills against what, the Jags. I had no idea until you said it there now because I have him in my team. Are you serious? Is DeAndre Swift actually out? He is indeed. He's gone for a month. Mike. Oh no! <laughs> a swift move into your uh, oh, free no. agency. Oh god. Then again, he can't really do anything anyway because like the, the team's that bad. Like he gets maybe a few runs. Once he done he done really well last week, didn't he? He got that. Uh, the week was it last week he had the. No, he, he got injured in the second quarter last week. Yeah, it's like, and in fairness, like like that game last week, it's hard to reflect in a way because Swift is such a good running back. In mm-hmm. fairness, to, if he had been in there for the remainder of the game, who knows? He got you lose you lose him in the second. I think it was the quarter fourth minute of the second quarter. You lose the game by two points. He could have been the difference in the end. Should have, would have, could have. True. Colts six and six. Texans two and nine. Now, come with fantasy. I know we had uh, Cynthia on and stuff. NFL fantasy. Life. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much of fantasy here. T. Y. Hilton is back this week. Sweet Jesus, two and nine Houston Texans. Colin, is T. Y. going to go off? He could. He, he absolutely could. But I would expect Jonathan Taylor to really go off. I mean, it is telling that Taylor has gone up against um, some really good defenses over the past couple of weeks. And last week he had a quiet game by his lofty standards. But it's telling when a quiet game is 83 yards against the box and a touchdown. I mean, he has been sensational this year. He had 145 yards in the first meeting between these two teams. I think he will um, be the the difference maker uh, again. Wentz has been much, much better than he was last year. You, you would have to say Frank Reich has done a solid job. 21 touchdowns, five interceptions. Four of those interceptions, um, two last week, and obviously the the two against the the Titans. Um, you know, only only one other uh, pick over the the course of the season. Where the the Texans might have uh, success is getting to um, to Wentz. He he does sometimes hold the ball. Um, they got to Wilson four times last week, um, but. The other issue for the the Texans is that um, Trod Taylor was sacked five times last week, so the the Colts might have some success as as well. Look, the the Colts were undone by Leonard Fournette having a fantastic game last week. The Texans don't have Leonard Fournette. It is the Colts. Twenty fourth ranked 
run defense against as Collins has lived to probably one of the top five, if not the top running back, certainly top running back this season with Bill Henry gone out injured. And how do you stop him? Because other teams with greater defense are struggling to do it. I know the books did it last week by and large, but they've touched on it in that game leading up to last week that they are one of the number one, you know, in terms of stopping the run. Is it a blowout? The only way I don't see it as a blowout is if they look too far ahead. And the reason I say that is after this game, the Colts go on their bye week. They could go on their bye week seven. It's a very late bye week. Yeah, and that could put, look, we saw last year that worked in the favor of the Bucs. You know, the Bucs got it together because they were struggling going into that bye week. They just lost to the Chiefs. They rallied and they went on that run. After the bye week, home to New England on a Saturday night, away to the Cardinals, and then Las Vegas. Three difficult games. If you look at them individually, all three difficult games for the Colts coming up. Uh, we knew this was coming anyway. We knew that we discussed it when we were in London in week five. They had that kind of difficult start. We felt they had a soft schedule that would allow them to get back into the chase. They're in the chase despite last week's defeat. They'll win this game. But if they take their eye off the ball and think ahead, we've seen the season with the Titans only two weeks ago where they were thinking it was a shoe in against this Texans team. It didn't materialize. But for me, the Colts all day long. Marcin, or sorry, Mark has picked the Colts. Uh, just, just to you know, FYI, huh? It's getting ridiculous. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Ty Hilton did play last week and scored a touchdown, but he was out for a considerable amount of time before yeah. that. He's one hundred and seventeenth ranked wide receiver in the NFL, so he is technically as good as he is. He's he's almost like an outsider in fantasy at the minute. I'm 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 talking a lot about fantasy tonight because. I need to win this week, and I need as many tips as you can give me. So please feel free to give me a shout, folks. And this boy over here is sitting, acting like a big man, talking about Jonathan Taylor because he had him in his team last week, and Jonathan Taylor didn't show up until the Michael's really pushing the boat. To win the game. Michael's really pushing the boat out, Colin, this week, getting Cynthia on the show, one of the lead NFL fantasy analysts. You know, I'm trying no, to I didn't ask her any fancy questions. I didn't ask her anything. Yeah, loads of private emails going back and forth. The, the night, Brian, do I, do I start? Uh, <laughs> right, anyway, um, look, Carson can run within. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor can run within. Frank Wright can put a helmet on running run against these lads. I mean, this is a joke, boys. Come on. The Texans aren't winning this game. Like, they're called to win this game. Uh, there will be any NRG at Energy Stadium, and that's that. That's the bottom line. It's not going to happen. Uh, I don't want to say blow it. Like I, like I said, I blow it a lot here. Like this is just, it's just not going to happen, and I just can't see it happening. So it's look. It's look. We all know the Colts will win. It's it's how how long the Texans can hang around. You know, sometimes you see games where teams just don't start off well. They have interceptions that allows the team to hang around and. You could say that about Thursday night's game. You know, if you watch Thursday night's game, you, or if you haven't, you see the score on Thursday morning, 27-17, looks comfortable for the Cowboys. For large parts of that game, Saints were in it. You could see a similar scenario here, but inevitably in the end, I think the Colts would have too much. I think we all agree that. It's I whether did, it's a blowout. I did really like, because um, Frank Reich took a bit of criticism in terms of the approach last week and the way they um, you know, split the I guess passing and and ru rushing the ball and he came out and he gave really great um, explanation as to why they did that and in fairness to to Frank Reich he is he's doing a fantastic job at the Colts you would have to to say he's uh, you know um, I'm, I'm very very impressed by by him and um, his ability really excited for that Patriots Colts game uh, two weeks or three weeks on Saturday 
that's a late game for us, but it's it's worth setting up for on Saturday. Yeah, it's absolutely. gonna be great. Great game. Uh, talking about great big games. The Giants and the Dolphins play each other this weekend. The Giants uh, four and seven, the Dolphins five and seven. I, I want to give a shout out um to our Spanish Giants friend that went over last week. Uh, Rico sure. went over to the game last week. Um uh, he had a good time, Brian, I'm sure. He did, yeah. It looked like he really enjoyed himself, you know. He got Be jealous. Sick. Absolutely. I mean, we're, he was there to see us beat the Eagles. You know, Thank you him, have your man. rivals. You have your rival teams in your division, Michael. We have ours. Well, and, tell me this. Tell me this, Colm. Have has has Philadelphia left Philadelphia because they didn't show up last week? So, well, I, 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 I mean, they played in that life this weekend. Bit unfair, disingenuous, Pokemon. The no, the I mean, the Giants did did well in terms yeah, of they they, they shut down the the Eagles last week. Uh, and the, the Eagles certainly weren't helped by Jalen Rieger, and we'll get into that later. But the Giants picked Hurts off three times last week, and um, Adoree Jackson is having a, a decent season. Um, the but obviously Mike Lennon is going to start, and I don't know if with. With coaches and with Joe Judge in particular, how much do you take him at face value? He says that there's no timeline for Daniel Jones's return. He could just be playing um, some games there. It will be interesting to to see. But uh, a neck injury keeps him out. So Glennon will get the start to go against this Flores defense, which has really come alive over the, the last few weeks. They are um, blitz happy. Um, they've gone back to that. They're averaging four sacks per game in the last um, four games. So that is um, serious. I think that's where it's going to come down to is how the Giants do in terms of protecting um, Glennon. We've also seen Tua really come to life over the last couple of weeks. We know all about the struggles of the Dolphins O-line. We spoke about it with Sam Monson. Um, but Jalen Waddle is having a, a really good uh, rookie season. He has 77 receptions. He's way ahead. He's like 20 receptions ahead of the, the next rookie. And I think that is probably um, the other kind of key to this is how are the the Dolphins able to protect Tua? Because it, it looks like Flores has finally realized, um, you know, you got to get it out quick because he's not going to have time to take deep shots. I I think that the, the Dolphins are riding the, the crest of a wave. Um, I do think this game could go either way, but I'm going to go, given they're at home and given they're um, the form team, certainly one one of them in the league at the moment, uh, after they're really, I think their defense saw what they did against Lamar Jackson, and I think they got a lot of confidence from that. I'm going to say that the, the Dolphins do enough to to win this one at home. Mike Lennon, Brian. Mike Lennon. Well, if Mike Lennon plays well in this game tomorrow even, then it puts the pressure even more so on the long-term um, plan around Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones has been so inconsistent. And if Mike Lennon, who actually had a very good game when he came in against Dallas um, in week five, um, played really well, protected the ball, got, got the ball out quickly. Um, if he plays well in this game, does that put more questions and more pressure on Daniel Jones? But it's more a defense for me because all week long it's been all, and Collins alludes, it's all about this Dolphins defense. But the Giants defense this season has played really well. It did start off right, but it's come together. Shavia McKinney's had two interceptions against the Raiders, two interceptions last week. But yeah, we're not getting all the credit that we deserve. All we're hearing all week is the Dolphins. I'm going to throw a few stats for you for this game, right? Collins said it's an even game. 
Total yards this season, 317 versus 310. Passing, 226 versus 230. Rushing, 90 versus 80. Uh, defensive passing yards, 371 versus 367. 243 versus 262. Points allowed on average, 23 versus 23. Giants are going to win this game. We're going to punch them in the mouth. We're going to win this game. And uh, if we win, we're 5-7. and seven, They're 5-8. and eight. I don't trust the team. The only team in the NFL this season has lost seven games in a row. Bear in mind. Everyone's raving about them winning four in a row. They also lost seven in a row. So they're there, they're there to be gone. Giants are going to win. Um, yeah. Well, you're not putting me, you're not putting the man. You're putting, where's Sean? Where's Sean in the photograph? <laughs> I just thought, I seen your pick and I went, oh, come on. Like, Michael, we Mark's could be playing the, the Texans and you'd be shocked if I picked the Giants. You've called out all these numbers, right? Now, hold on. Let, I'm let me making just... the point. I'm making the point that all the stats lead to a very even game. But throughout the week, you would think we were playing against the 1972 Miami Dolphins with Bob Greasy, a quarterback. The way playing against the team with five game. wins and scored 33 points last week. I mean, that, that's who you're playing against. The Giants scored 13 points last week and had a very good defensive performance. But they were playing um, a water or diluted down version of Tim Tebow last week. Like Jalen Hurts let himself down last week. So look No, 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 he didn't let himself down. You saw you the saw, the, the, you saw the, the real Jalen Hurts last week. Okay, but the minute that Ian Rapp tweeted that Mike Venom was starting, you know, I said I was sitting on my sofa. Jesus, I laughed. And I actually think I, I think I tweeted it out, and that, that was it for me. But I'm going with the Dolphins. Um I think it'll actually be a close enough game. Uh, but I think I've got the Giants going four and eight. The Dolphins going six and seven. Who would have thought that after London? But yeah, Brian. Mike Glennon, man. Come on. Like, I mean, jeez. I mean, me or you could pot up. Well, Come on. It, I think it was actually this week, would you believe it? Was this week last year where Colt McCoy was the quarterback going to Seattle. And this was the famous Mark, Mark statement around, you know, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. And, and like, I would have thought that time. But like, it's not like we're going up against, like, you know, one of the heavy favorites for the Super Bowl here. We're going up against the Dolphins team that still have a losing record. You know, Mike Glennon, serviceable, can do a job for you. We need other players yeah. to perform. We need Saquon Barkley. 230 yards last week, Brian. Touchdown. We need, Sa- we need Saquon Barkley to perform. But I think defensively we can we can hold to it. Sa- Saquon Barkley had 53 scrimmage yards last week. I, I Right. I had, a house, I, I had a mate over at the house last night, and he did say to me, he goes, I don't get all this hype around Saquon Barkley. It's it's good to see him back, right? I mean, okay. He he will do a serviceable job on Sunday. Michael, the scary thing is, of those fifty-three yards, one of them was a forty-one-yard run. So, for the remainder, so he had another what twelve. So, that's the problem. You know, he's too, he's too, he's overrated. Like we all know that. Um, oh, I, I didn't. I genuinely didn't know you. Thought, I, I just didn't want to. No, tip well, the it's, apple it's not proven it. Like you know, when he's consistently getting injured, you know, he's he's spending large parts of the season out injured. Booker. Who, in fairness, I know we're getting into this game for a bit too much now. We move on quick, you know. But when we spoke about free agency and you had Booker in Broncos and you were kind of him in the hand, he's been really good this year. He should be sharing the loads. When he came in last um, week, he had seven, eight yards straight away on, on runs. He, just, he deserves more playing time. I, I just, sorry, Carl, I, I, we, we are going to move on from this in a minute, but we uh, done a lot of shows in the offseason. And I'll never forget the night that the Giants got Galladay. And, um, I think we all know where this conversation is going, <laughs> but it's <laughs> I can't even. I had a whole song planned, but I can't. Is is Galladay going to score a touchdown this season, Brian, or, or what's what's the cracker? 
I think at some stage you will, but I wouldn't we, blame Galladay. I don't blame Galladay. I blame what we've seen in terms of being called. He, he was. I think Galladay's in the holiday myth. I think he's just. He might well be on a holiday. He's not getting the ball thrown from. He two two throws in in Tampa on Monday the Monday game. He's well, not the one throwing the ball. Sunday with big he's not, cleansy. He's not the one calling the play. You know what can you do? And he's missed five games. And he's missed five games, which was always a risk when he took took the sign on because he was he's always injury prone. Fly Eagles, fly, um, Jets, Eagles, five and seven, three and eight. Um, Eagles going back to MetLife. I don't think they showed up last week, Colin. As I said, will they show up this week? They probably will show up this week because the way that Jalen Hurts played last week was atrocious. I mean, there's no other way of putting it, is it? Well, I I think I look <laughs> Jalen Hurts divides opinions on this show. Um I, I don't think it's fair to put it all on him um last week. I think the Jalen, if you want to look for a, a like Jalen Hurts was did not have a good game. He had a really poor game last week. You throw three picks that you, you had a, a really poor game, but he wasn't helped by the drops. I mean, Jalen Rieger's hand-eye coordination, was he on the beer before the game? One pops off his face mask and the other goes literally straight through his hands. It would like, if you want to talk about an embarrassing performance, that was an embarrassing performance. That's why people were tweeting um, the, the videos of De- uh, Devonta Smith um, beside a trash can and saying, uh, Devonta Smith and Jalen Rieger at training this week. So yeah, Hertz was miserable against the Giants. Rieger was even worse. Um, and we saw other um, Eagles drop the ball as well. They should have they should have stuck to running the ball. Um, they actually had more. They got more out of rushing the ball last week than they did again uh, on throwing it. Um, but they went away from it. Um, they are fortunate that they are playing um, the the Jets this week. Um, the Jets are one of two teams. Um, here, I I I have a, a betting stat. The Jets are one of two teams not to be favored in a single game this uh, this year. And Brian can explain to me afterwards what that means. Um, but look, <laughs> the the reality is is that for this Jets team, the the pass rush is the only thing that is really working. Um, especially the interior of their D-line is fantastic. Um, five sacks last week. They cause all sorts of trouble. And Hertz is going to have to deal with that. So that will be interesting. They don't tend to allow QB to, to run. And he's got an injured ankle. So I am interested to see how they do that. One of the other mad stats around this is that the Eagles have the most rushing yards um, in the NFL this season. But they don't have a single player who's had a 100-yard game. Um, which is a kind of a mad one for the Jets. It's it was the the concern for them is they did win last week against the Texans, but Wilson came in and didn't play well um, at all, and and kind of they they won in, almost in spite of him. He took four sacks again last week. That's four um, four times that he's taken four or more sacks in seven games that he started and finished which is more than 50%, and neither Flacco or White took more than two sacks in a game. So big concerns, um, I would say, a, a little bit around Zach Wilson. So um, I, I know you, you, you two will enjoy um, the, the, the Jalen Hurts um, slander, so I will uh, hand it over to you. I'm going to go Eagles to win this and go to six and seven. 
Right now, we don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play. He's been carrying an injury. Um, it was great to see the Philadelphia Rangers just be coming out and suggesting that um, it was the injury that caused him to have that poor performance last week. Nothing to do with, with when he went up against. But at the, right now, we don't know if he's going to play. And if he doesn't play, it's uh, Michael's favorite friend, Gardner Minshew, with the with the mud flaps potentially stepping in. Um, yeah, I agree. Come the Jets situation, the Jets will have watched that game last week and seen how how if if it is Hurts, that how he was held in check and. They did that earlier in the season against Tannehill, but the problem for the Jets is if they go back to what they should have done last week to a large part of the game, which the Eagles got away from, was the running game. And the Jets have given up 20 rushing touchdowns this year. They won the weeks in the in the league. And if we see the Eagles run like they did when they went into mile high and other games this season, like the Saints, for example, that would still, no matter who's their quarterback, give them more than enough to win this game. They're 11-0 in the series against the Jets. The Jets have never beaten the Eagles in all, in all the years. So I don't see it changing. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm going with the Eagles, unfortunately. Um, however, it would be nice to see the Jets win. Mark, I actually only have that like that because Brian texted me mid pick, <laughs> changing my pick to the Jets, yeah. uh, but he's not. So he's just now confusing me. Mark <laughs> is going with the Eagles, and um, all I'm gonna say in terms of this game is Zach Wilson, 115 yards. Four interceptions benched in the third quarter. The Eagles are going to win this game. And I predict Jalen Hurts will score four passing touchdowns. And Nick Wright of what he done wrong last week. He's a franchise quarterback for this team. I was devastated with his performance last week for numerous reasons after the Raiders game on Thursday for Brian. But uh, full I would, house. I would say, I would generally, I'm not trying to be funny because I don't like the Eagles. I generally say this is one of the games that actually could be the shock of the weekend. Wait and see now, we blow it by half time. But you're not stop like cover. We need to stop covering ourselves here. It, it's not going to be shocking. I'm not covering. I'm just saying. It. We're, we 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 picked so many games where we got. In fact, if it wasn't for me and my love for for the Giants, I, we'd be full house across every game. So I'm just saying, this is the kind of game where I could see the Jets potentially finding a way to win. And thanks it, for thanks it, for ruining the full house every game. It's cover. It's covering because that's the reality of this league. I mean, the league is set up for parity. That's what the league endeavors to do. I mean, the league has a competition committee who look at ways if it if the league is is um if they feel it's unfair or a team is being dominant, they look at ways to change that. So you have to cover because it, that's what the league's set up for. Yes. Okay. Oh, here we go again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oof. Woof, woof, woof. The Jags 2-9 against the Rams. This game is at SoFi Stadium. Um, so I'm really interested to see the traveling Jags fans at this game. Uh, Colin, who have you got? Um, oh, where where do you start with the, the mess in, in Jacksonville? Um, Urban Meyer said this week that um, his receivers are still having issues running the wrong routes, uh, depth issues, and location issues. We're week 13 how are your receivers still having those issues um that is a damning indictment of of urban meyer and um i'd say he was um maybe a little bit disappointed to see brian kelly take that lsu job um and the notre dame job um is gone already i like it's been a mad week um, see, his, I, see his accent last night uh, uh, right brian Louisiana. kelly changed his accent <laughs> in 24 hours i mean that was even crazier than steve mclaren but there you go um but for the the jags i mean trevor lawrence it's it's been a 
uh, very disappointing. He it, he looked like in London, like he he might be um, set to take off. Nine touchdowns, ten interceptions. Their best offensive weapon has been Robinson. They need to lean into him more. He hasn't had a single game where he's had twenty carries. Um, in terms of the Rams, I mean, this for them is this should be a get right game. Um, but this is the, I suppose, a test to see for them. There was a really interesting piece in the Ringer this week um, by Stephen Ruiz, kind of highlighting that the Rams' offensive struggles can't all be laid at Matthew Stafford's feet. Yes, he has. There have certainly been problems, but the fact that McVeigh's offense um, over the course of a season becomes very kind of um, you know one-dimensional and teams figure it out teams know what plays that they're going to to run on second and third down and they're able to therefore take advantage of it i you know this should be the the rams and uh this should be where they uh their superstar team comes out to play uh so i'm i'm gonna go with the rams but they need to step up they need to put in a performance Lose, losing three on the bounce they're um they're they're your Super Bowl pick, Michael, but um right now they certainly would not uh would not inspire confidence. Last year when it was I can't recall which week it was, it was the day in which we did the show in the World Shed and we had the big joke about the Rams playing at home to the Jets and we, should we move on and not discuss this game because it was gonna be a blowout and the Jets went in and won and we all agreed then it was the complacency. But the problem there is, well, it won't be a problem there for the Rams because they can't be complacent. They've just lost three in a row. They've given up 28-plus points on defense. They need a rebound. Cup, who at the start of the season, he had 10 touchdowns after five or six weeks of the season. He was a standout wide receiver. He hasn't caught a touchdown in the last three games. They're struggling. Odell Beckham doesn't look like he's going to play. His injuries are, are coming back again to haunt him. So he's out of the game. Don't think it makes much difference really, but because of this game which they've got, which is against the Jags defense, which has come on a little bit since the bye week. They played reasonably well to keep them in games, but the problems still lie around the fact that the head coach is just not good enough to be there. And I don't know if you saw enough of his press conference during the week where he got questioned about some red zone play calling because they struggled and they said, Why didn't you not step in and you know and make decisions there? And take ownership of the situation. He said, "No, no, no. I give full trust to my offense coordinator in that situation, which is bonkers. It shows where we're not in college now. Sometimes you need to step in and get involved because you are the head coach." The Rams will win. I don't think it'd be pretty. I don't think it's going to game that we'll see red zone bouncing back and forth from by the time it hits halftime or tour quarter, unless we see a situation where they knocked them off early with the Lions, the way the Lions did, where they went in with trick plays and caught the Rams off off early. Can't say it too methodical for me, but Lawrence there's quarterback. Rams will win comfortably. Just on all that talk there about Urban, Urban was great crack in London. Call me, he's very ho- very hospitable to us. We have to say that he was good fun and enjoyed his time in London town. Enjoyed his time at a college game two weeks before that as well. And uh, he's, he's he's had a nice season. Mark is going with the Rams. This is a game. It's almost like a restart game for the for, for the Rams. You know, you're talking about Cooper Cup. Uh, having a difficult stretch this Rams team almost peaked and then went down uh if they're gonna get back it's now this is a, this is the chance to go eight and four chance to right some wrongs and it's it's just one of those things um so Brian if you have to go get a beverage uh feel free to jump off there go on mute all good yeah I was hoping he was gonna stay full screen but I was gonna have it for the crack um I'm, I'm taking Rams to win this game I don't see how the Jags can get into it whatsoever. But for me, it's not about the score. Of course it is in terms of the win or the loss. But, you know, Von Miller, 
uh, Odell Beckham. You want to see that team gel and calm, and, and you want to see the Rams come in and and just get some sort of flux on, on both sides of the ball. But they will they will comfortably, and um, you know, there's more chance of the Snake Cup thing in London being more successful or more long than uh, the chances of the Jags staying for long in this game. So I miss those cups what, in London. What, Remember that? what was what was said about the the Jags and the Bills game, Michael? What? Uh, was ja- that Josh Allen was going to throw for how many touchdowns and it was going to be over? I picked the, first I, I picked the Jags. Yeah, but but to, to in to 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 mess with us. No, 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 no. I I had thought the Jags after London would, would actually have a chance of winning. So, well, now, the granted, game well, after London, many picks since that, but yes, the, the first game after London, they went to Seattle and they got the doors blown off, and which is probably one of the rare Seattle performance we've seen this season. The, the problem with the Rams is as well, um, the Cardinals are so good this year, and the 49ers seem to be finding their feet now and, and making a, a good push for the playoffs. Long um, way to go, it is a long way to go, but you know, where are they at the moment? They're gonna be the, in a wild card, like a lot of people felt this team would be the number one seed, and you know. Two years in a row when London buses and gone to Super Bowl. It could still happen. We saw it last year with the books. They were a work hard. They made it to the Super Bowl. But right now, there's a lot to be addressed. And uh, I think a lot of the blame has to fall with the coach. It's like half time or the, the after the first night of the, of the Rose Trilly, and there's still another 14 or 16 roses to see die. There's, there's, there's a long way to go here. And we don't know if a poem or if a song is going to win it, but maybe a little poem from Von Miller might win it on Sunday for the Rams. We're all picking the Rams. The next game is washington uh five and six um are going up against the raiders in vegas big win for washington and monday night football thanks washington for that monday night really appreciated that woke up and laughed i think I think, it's, I think it's time we all start picking different teams because uh, we've, we've only had one situation <laughs> one, game, one game you know well here i tell you what we are in trouble this week <laughs> these don't come up because we're all screwed uh <laughs> Five and six, six and five. Colin game is in Vegas. Five past nine on Sunday night. Who have you got, and why? This maybe this will be a game that that divides opinion. We'll see. Um, Mark isn't here to sound the reunion klaxon as he loves to do, but I think this is a big one because you have um, Derek Carr and Jack Del Rio, and obviously Jack was head coach with the Raiders and was quite successful. Actually, probably their their most successful coach um since tom flores um in back in the the 80s and um i'd say feels a little bit disgruntled that he was tossed aside for john gruden so he might have a point to prove and there's also the fact that Derek carr was had um outside of this year had his best year under jack del rio but then they kind of fell out a couple of years ago because jack tweeted to say that um Derek couldn't play in cold weather Unfortunately, that's not going to be an issue this time around. Um, Raiders played very well on on Thanksgiving overall, but I think the the issue for the Raiders is they were three um, of uh, of thirteen on third down against the Cowboys, so that's a, definitely a concern. And the interesting thing for Washington, and we talked about this with Cynthia, is they they've been able to get to the QB despite losing their main two rushers. So. Um, they, they do struggle in the secondary, um, and the Raiders could potentially take advantage of that. 
um, the the Washington line is is playing really well, um, and that that has helped since the bye. They've come back. They played very very well. The Raiders may be able to. That'll be an interesting battle there because the the Raiders are so good at getting pressure on the QB. But Washington are playing really well. Riverboat Ron has um, he he fixed. He said he would address every issue with the team um, over the the course of the bye. I'm going to go with the Washington football team to finish oh! here. Where do I go from there? Well, Brian, your Raiders going up against the Washington football team. Uh, Mike, Brian's I know, I, I, well, I know how much you, you enjoy when I cheer about the Raiders. It's more so just to wind you, wind you boys up. But um, Derek Carr... Hi, has, hi, that's has, what it is. Hi. Derek Carr's had a few... Uh, look, I've, if you're asking me tomorrow who I want the Giants to trade for in the league, it'd be Derek Carr. I, I just think he's... One the I think he's so underrated, in my opinion. I know he's had a few he's off games recently. He's had a few off games recently. But they're still the third best passing offense in the league, despite the frenzies that they've shown of late in games. And he's you know, across the, across the season, averaging 310 yards per game. He's a standout quarterback for me. Doesn't get the credit he deserves. There's been a lot of difficult times in 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 Vegas. I was going to say Oakland there this season. But yeah, every time you think they're gone, they rebound. Like I, no one felt they were going to beat the Cowboys last week. We touched on the fact that in previous seasons they've hit that side of the season. Time of season where they tend to fall away and they, they miss out on the playoffs. That was a big win for them last week against a Washington team that, as Colin said, yeah, wants to get to the quarterback. If you get beyond that and your offensive line can hold up, they struggle in the secondary. And that's where I see the game ultimately coming down to. I think the Raiders, who are putting up good numbers in games, even ones that they've lost, will find a way to put up points here. And I'm not sure, as good as he's playing, I'm not sure how he can live with them. I know the Raiders' defense struggled as well. I see a high-scoring game. The it's a tough one. You look, the, you look the. I mean, you look at the the handicap in the game. One and a half points. You know, it reflects what the bookies think they're undecided. But for me, I think the home team will just find a way to win. Keep their season on track. Seven and five if they win. Raiders for me. Marcus going with the Raiders. Don't think Marcus Mario will play this weekend, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I agree with what you're saying, Colin. The one thing I will say is they played a very, very poor Seattle team on Monday night when it was 17-15. Brian's Raiders look like world beaters on Thanksgiving, and I, I can't look past that. You know, Derek Carr, 373 yards in Dallas last week. Um, never mind the fact that the Raiders know that the Broncos and the Chiefs are going up against each other. The Chargers could lose to the Bengals. You know, the Raiders go in the seven and five. Like, people are like, you know, somebody was it you, Colin O'Brien, mentioned the Cynthia about the NFC West being the best. I think, I think the FC West is the best division of football at the minute. Like, I think there's that many, like, pff, like what could happen? Uh, Darren Waller, but not even just Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro today, boys, are on Sunday. And I, I can't see how Washington keep, can keep in it. I think the Raiders will pull away 28 14. And I'm I'm taking the Raiders. It kills me to say it. It is what it is. But the Raiders will win this game 100 percent Sorry. Lock of the week. The Raiders oh. beating the Washington. Get your money on. Bring, bringing what? it back. Lock of the week. Waller ha Waller has missed um trading a couple of times this week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's my bad. I haven't been there. No, but he, no, he's still expected to play, but it'd be interesting to see how he is, you know. Mm. I should look at the ground. The ground. Be grand, yeah. 
Get out there. 100%. Don't be worried for that. You know, it'll be grand. Right. Um, <laughs> it might not be grand for the Steelers. <laughs> five, five, and one. Shout out to the Roonies. It's, it, hasn't been, it hasn't been an easy season for the, for the Steelers. It has a lot. I mean, Ben has not looked great. Uh, losing 41 and 10 last week against Cincinnati. I, I was shocked, and I, I like I know the Steelers have been struggling, Ben's been struggling, but to score 41 points, and we talked about it on Monday Night Con, that, that was still a shock scoreline. Lamar Jackson, four touchdowns, uh, sorry, four interceptions last week. I'll say four touchdowns, he'd be happy enough. Um, you know, this is a game where there are issues on both sides of the ball. Who's going to win and why? It, it is. It, the, both of these teams have have a, a lot of issues and not helped by injuries, you'd have to say, either of them. Um, Lamar's only played the Steelers um, twice. He, well, he started twice and he hasn't played well in either of them. Um, five interceptions, three touchdowns. Obviously, the four interceptions uh, against the Browns, though quite telling that he threw four interceptions and the Browns still couldn't couldn't get the win. And that's kind of been the story of the Ravens season is they found a way to win, even when they haven't played well. They didn't play well against the, the Bears when Lamar was out with illness and they still won it. And the, it's the Ravens um, side who... Um, they, you know, are known ordinarily for uh, running the ball really well, but they haven't had um, a running back eclipse 80 yards this year. Obviously, they lost their top three running backs in uh, before the season even began. They had to bring guys in. But interesting that you associate them so strongly with running the ball and yet not to go over 80. The For the Steelers... <laughs> It, it Big Ben is, is an issue, but the O line, I mean, it's a disaster. It can't protect Big Ben. It can't open holes for uh, Harris to to run. And where the Ravens are particularly weak is in the secondary. But I don't think Big Ben will have the time. I think the the Ravens will um, look to blitz, and I don't think Big Ben will have the time um, to to really take advantage of that. I think this will be an absolute slug fest. Um, I, I, you know, these are like two, two like elderly heavyweights who are going to lean on each other for the entire bout. But the the Ravens are just going to have enough to uh, to win this one. Yeah, we've seen some games this season where the Ravens defense has blitzed heavy. Wink Martin, they have the defensive coordinator going in all, all in on on offense, in particular the game against the Chargers, and it. it Pay dividends and they won the game, and you're going up against a, a quarterback. Let's be fair, is is struggling at this stage of his career. The offensive line, Collins called it out. He's calling it up same kind of points I was going to make that you know, whilst the Ravens' offense has been stop start the season, we've seen games like when they played the Chiefs and they were down by 15 points, they came back and put up huge points. I think they put up huge numbers the following week, then it's kind of fallen off a bit. They've, they've not scored more than 16 points three games in a row. I'd love to have the Ravens problems because when the Chiefs were putting up points, everybody was saying, oh my God, Mahomes is struggling. This Chiefs offense is struggling. The Ravens are 8-3, they're number one seed. They're struggling on offense. I mean, and they're going to win this game. You know, it won't be pretty. They never are in this division. I think the line is four and a half points. I could see it. I could give an argument as to why the Steelers will keep it close because they always do because of the rivalry. But I think the Ravens will find a way to win. They go 9-3 and three, and you look what they've got coming up. There's yeah, you certainly think there's a good, good valid reason there that they could push on and be the number one seed. And I think the defense will show up and win this game. Albeit it's in Pittsburgh, too many concerns for me with that Steelers team. Yeah, 
The biggest concern is um, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He did have three games in a row with 250 pass yards or over pass yards. It doesn't matter. He's he's past it, boys. He, he shouldn't be on that field anymore. And we're getting to the point now where we're asking questions like, you know, why was he brought back? He was obviously brought back because, because of his status, because of who he was. But last year in January, February time, there were, well, this year there were questions, you know, why is he coming back? Why financially is he taking that contract? He should have retired. He, he should have walked away. Michael, he took a pay cut, and when you see quarterbacks at his, he should, he, he should have yeah. walked. He should have walked. Yeah, no, I agree. But when you see quarterbacks at his stature, in terms of he's won Super Bowls, he's won two Super Bowls, taking pay cuts and a significant pay cut. I know there's all this. He's helping the team out. He's helping the cap, and it looks good. And all the fans they fall into that. But if he's accepting it, most quarterbacks who are really instrumental in the team's performances and making the playoffs. Don't take pay cuts. And the fact that he did, I think he knew himself. I'm going back to have one more go at it. I'll help the team out. One more go. They need to move on. Do you know what that is? Like that that is cap. That's bull. Do you know what I mean? That's what that's the uh, millennial term, Brian, for for lies. Cap. I, I cap. said it in the Aviva when on week one, it was the exact same scenario that the Giants were left with with Eli Manning. They want to do the right thing, they want to shepherd him out the door in a nice manner that Cause no disturbance to him or the or the team or the fans, but how do you do it and when do you do it? I think inevitably we all know it's probably in about two to three months' time. It's coming down the line. The problem for the Steelers is the cap situation that they're under now. They don't have an abundance of, of picks. They're in a situation where they've had a reasonably good season, so they'll probably pick middle round, middle draft, whatever quarterback they are looking for, if there is any, will be long gone. So you're into a situation where you're you're, you're trying to. Get in with the big boys and free agency with the Rogers and the Wilsons and players like that and see can they find a way to pry them out to get them away from the team that they're with. Well, I think Rogers will go to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I would. if he becomes I a free agent, then that changes the dynamic of that. I think situation. I think he looks at any team outside of Green Bay and he sees the Steelers with Najee Harris and all the and all the offensive weapons and the defensive weapons and he goes there. I don't think he'd go to Denver personally, but we'll talk about that after February. There's no point in talking about it now because we're starting a whole whole of a conversation. Well, yeah. Just on Big Ben, the reason he the reason he's back is 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 cap, literally because yeah. the dead cap on Big Ben was thirty six million, so they had no that's choice shocking. but to bring him back. I mean, that's that's ultimately, you know, a, a guy who you know did was so good for so long, but they they gave him such a long deal, so they have to bring him back this year. Next year, um, I think it's it's a ten million. Um, dead cap, which is much more yeah, manageable. Man. It's less than ideal, but in comparison to the 36, they had to bring Big Ben, ben back this year. And everyone kind of had an idea um, that this is what we were facing. Um, but they, it's not like who, who, they've Mason Rudolph, who's even worse, even yeah. worse. And I, I mean, look, the Broncos have a litany of bad quarterbacks, but Mason Rudolph is worse than anyone the Broncos have put in a QB. <laughs> I also think there's a situation similar to the Drew Brees one where if he stays on, you know, the Drew Brees retirement wasn't announced until very late on. You know, a lot of players retire immediately. I think there's a cap situation there where it can be discounted even further if he's to remain on the books for till March or whatever. Then he retires. Mm. So we'll probably get it down to seven or eight million, which as Colin was touched on, 36 million compared to eight changes the whole situation. Let's see what happens. He's obviously done a lot for the franchise and he, he probably does deserve that uh that time and i mean he'll probably retire in 2025. uh i think the steelers need big davy fits in to scream at them because they're not good enough at the minute um and i think lamar jackson will come into this game and destroy them i really do 
I think the Ravens are going to go nine and three. I think the Ravens will go one and done in the playoffs. But I, I'm starting to think number one seed. I'm starting to think it. But yeah, Ravens. Um, Mark Andrews, two, two passing touchdowns. Devonta Freeman gets a couple as well. Big win for the Ravens. 40 odd points against Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger with two interceptions. Hold on. Hold on, hold, points. on, hold on, hold on. If Mariucci says it, if all the boys on Rich Eisen going, oh, I mean, you're all going, oh, it's a great crack. I'm telling you now, Ben is going to be found out. Right. I think he's been found out now. Right? He's going to be found out even more so. And Tony Romo's going to go, I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. Maybe they should just take him off, Jim. They got through it. Is that the game in which Romo and... Uh... Give an answer there, yeah. I'm I'm not sure, but I would presume um CBS game, yeah. I'd imagine they'll be on it's, that. It's a big game, it's a big yeah. game, CBS. Yeah. It's the only show in town for the boys. It's definitely a mute game. Lance. It's definitely a mute game hello. involved. Hello, friends. Um don't don't start that. We, we that that needs to be our journey to get Jim Nance in the show. <laughs> the day Jim Nance is on this show, boys. I know oh, with Jim. Incredible. Why is up? Tony almost good, right. Uh, almost there. 49ers, Seahawks. 49ers, 6 and 5. Seattle, 3 and 8. Uh, Russell Wilson. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers there now. I'm sure this is Russell Wilson's last year. Maybe he'll do a wee huff and go back to uh, Sicily again. Calm. Yeah, look. Um, I mean, this is Russell who made it very clear that he wanted out um, and released a, a list of teams um, that he uh, allegedly would uh, consider. These were the only teams he would consider and then pretended, no, 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 I, I never did any of that. No, me, no, 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 all good. Um, well, things are clearly not all good in, in Seattle. They have scored a grand total of 26 points over the last three games that they've lost. Um, it's there's no running game there. There, there's just all sorts of issues. Um, clearly, you had Pete Carroll walking out of a press conference, and granted, he did come back, but that was quite telling. I, I, I think um, they're all going up against uh, a 49ers team who have found form, rebounded from where they were. Um, you're seeing Nick Boza. I mean, look the. The O-line is still an issue in Seattle. Nick Boza has 11 sacks in 11 games. I think he will be looking forward to this game. And uh, my, Mike Wall uh, was not a fan of Russell Wilson at all in any way, shape or form. Um, he, he felt he holds the ball too long and uh, he takes sacks well. Um, even if you don't hold the ball long, Nick Boza um, has uh, ways of, of getting to the QB. The other thing is, this is a 49ers team who eat up the clock. They hold the ball, hold the ball. They, they're they great in terms of uh, running it. Debo is out, so a lot will fall on Elijah uh, Mitchell. Um, but I think that they will have enough. Given it's a divisional game, I'm sure the Seahawks, and it's at home, um, the 12th man will you know, probably show up. I just don't think it will be enough. Um, I think that the um, the Niners are going to win this and go to seven and five. Seattle has beaten the Niners toward the end of the last fifteen games. It's bizarre because in a division where there's so much back and forth in terms of who wins games, um, they obviously need to find a way to win, to beat them. But that was when the Hawks were good, and that's when when Russell Wilson was playing well. I think Russell Wilson is still carrying that injury, and 
we saw examples of that on Monday night where he was missing players that normally he would make those throws and get in there and they struggled against a Washington defense that's been playing reasonably well but again the struggle of late Hasty who's an underrated running back is coming back for the 49ers and it's a good time to get him back because Debo Samuel has, has become essentially a running back and a wide receiver for them but Jimmy G is playing reasonably well 90 plus pass rate in five games in a row for all the stick he's got He's the right man for them at the moment. Um, for me, 49 as well. They roll on 7-5. and five, Certainly in the running for a wild card. That was quicker than a mass on Easter Saturday. Uh, Mark is picking the 49ers. I'm picking the 49ers. 49ers are going to go 7-5. and five. The Seahawks aren't good enough. And the Seahawks let me down on Monday night. Look at this. <laughs> just, yeah. we, we've never had a show like this. This well, well we have no, we have kind of we had one about four or five weeks ago, and it went horribly, horribly wrong. Well, I, I like don't think it was quite, good. quite as much consensus. There's only two games, only two games so far, and one of them you're going to say. I've had to ruin with Giants for God's sake. If you just done that, like if you just picked yeah. the Dolphins, we'd be all yeah, laughing. We're here. playing against a five and seven team. Well, I keep repeating myself. We're not playing against the. Oh, here we go. Here we go, indeed. Uh, Matchbook are proud, proud partners. Delighted to be with Matchbook before we look at Sunday night football. £15, 15 yo-yo welcome offer. Uh, money back as cash if your first bet loses. Enter bonus code Irish NFL Show for that bonus. Uh, all the T's and C's at the bottom. Please gamble over. Please figure out what you're doing before you deposit and try and have, obviously, a safe bit of crack on the NFL. Brian, we won the bet last week. I need... 109 euro to go to two NFL games. Are you going to transfer it over? 109 euro to get to two games. I'd love to know who you're traveling with at those costs. That sounds very reasonable. Easy um, we had from Belfast. To go, that plane would fall into the fall into the old, um... No, no, we're not going there. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, the last week. Jesus, Brian, that is. <laughs> the the one last I'm week. I'm not editing this. I and bear in mind, bear in mind that we picked a lot of games. We could essentially be doing an eight or nine team accumulator here but I've, I've whittled it down to four and i think we're going to agree on these so we just touched on the 49ers so they're in the vikings are in the bucks are in against the falcons and the cards are in against the bears i think it pays in the regional three to one seven and two that's our four teams for this week cardinals to beat the bears the bucks to beat the falcons the vikings to beat the lions and the 49ers to be, take care of seattle they're the four teams in the irish nfl shows Accumulator of the week, thanks to Matchbook as always for supporting the show. And please bet responsibly 15 euro offer on the table for 15 Matchbook. pounds as well. Bottom offer, yeah. Of course, pounds and euros. If you wish to place a bet this weekend on the NFL, please do bet responsibly. Code Irish NFL show. Let's go through a lock of the week each. I have two. My first one is the Raiders against Washington. That game is in the late window on Sunday night in Vegas. I think the Raiders will push on from their win against Dallas. And I think the Dolphins will destroy the New York Giants on Sunday as well. Colin, who have you got? <laughs> I, I, that's, that's interesting in terms of your second. I'm only joking. I, th I think the Dolphins will win. But um, for, for me, I, I think it's going to be the, the Colts, uh, which is interesting saying at a 6-6 a six and six team or the, or the lock of the week. But Jonathan Taylor, to me, has been the outstanding player in the NFL uh, this year. I think he's the front runner for MVP. And I think he will have another fantastic game uh, for the, the Colts. And 
for me, yeah, that's I I think they they seem to really want to play for right. There are undoubtedly issues on that team. Um and uh they I think in the playoffs they they won't be able to to get over the hump, but they will win against the the Texans. Colm, that line on that game, I know you're you'd love to know the line on the betting perspective is nine and a half points. So essentially you have to call stuff to win by ten or more. Which you would expect. I can't give you my lock of the week, Michael, because it's coming up now in Sunday night football. Okay, well, we, we, we all wonder what that is. Looking forward to that. I tell you what, let's talk about something else very quickly. Matchbook have an ex- a great market on the Super Bowl, over 1.3 million matched on it at the minute. The Bucks are 5.8, the Chiefs are 6, the Packers 7. But the one that I find really interesting, boys, the Rams are basically 12 to 1, boys, to win the Super Bowl. The Titans, 20 to 1 and the team is number one in the AFC the Ravens are 10 to 1 what do you think any uh, predictions about giving stuff away or? I'm not I'm not getting them. it's funny today of all days so me and Colin caught up today and went through what our picks were from the start of the season we, I, I went back to the original show where we did it in the uh, nice uh, house in uh, the North County Dublin and uh, just to recap on who was picking I am not going to get away from my pick I'm still um going with the Packers to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm taking the, the Rams, Colin. I I think that the I, I still think it'll be the the Chiefs against the, the Bucks. Um but the because when it comes to playoff football, how do you bet against Brady? But look, the Packers have been, I think, um the standout team in the the NFC even more than the the cards um but i think it's going to be a very very interesting playoff um like well race to the playoffs and when the playoffs kick off what price yes, are the Packers, sir. michael what price for the Packers, the Packers are 7.2 best price they're actually as much as 8.4 to back there as well back in there you can get all the information on matchbook.com that's good Fifteen yo-yo welcome offer. Money back is cash. If your first bet loses, you can bet in NI and ROI as well. Thank you very, very much to Matchbook for the continued sponsorship, and also for a few euros to throw in a lovely kitty every week as well. Uh, appreciate it, lads, and we will talk more about Matchbook soon. Uh, we're going to look ahead now to uh, Sunday night football. Uh, nice game on Sunday night football this week. It's just the Broncos and the Chiefs. Now, Brian, we're, we're allowed to believe here your laptop is 12%. So uh, if you fall off, you fall off. It, it is what it is. We've my got to talk now, the Giants my, and the Dolphins. So. My laptop now is like your like your body's at, say, 4.10 on uh, Sunday night going into Monday morning when you are living her up watching the Broncos. I might as well go first, Colin, if you don't mind. Since though, oh, the picks, the picks, the, the graphics on the screen. Are, oh, apologies. Okay, sorry. Off you go, Colin. This is for this is for first place in the West, Colin. So who have you got? Yeah, um, when it when it when it got flexed, I think um, there were a lot of people who said, "What is the idea behind that?" Um, but I, you know, I I thought the Broncos had beat the Chargers last week, and and so it proved, and you now have a battle for for first place, but. The Broncos are going to Arrowhead. The Chiefs have beaten the Broncos 11 straight times. Um, and a lot of times it hasn't been close. The three of the past four have been by at least 20 points. 
So the Broncos are absolutely up against it. Um, Patrick Mahomes has 48 touchdown passes in 19 um, primetime games. 48 touchdowns in 98 um, or 19 primetime games. And this was the stat. Uh, I put it um, on Twitter on Friday night, but this was the stat that stood out to me. Travis Kelsey, when playing an arrowhead against the Broncos, averages 130 yards a game. It is an insane stat. And to do that over the last five years is just, it's an outrageous stat. It is one of the stats I think that I've ever come across. And I think that is going to be the Broncos traditionally for as long as I'm watching them, 30 years is they have struggled against tight ends, but I don't know if they've ever struggled against anyone as much as Kelsey. Um, the Chiefs are coming off a bye. Mahomes has been better, but not back to his old self, you would say. But uh, the, when you look at the say the third downs on this, the Chiefs are the best in the league, and the Broncos' defense struggles to get teams off. Melvin Gordon is doubtful, and the Chiefs have two-plus turnovers in their last three games. I'm going to go Broncos. It makes no sense. I agree. Um, but this season hasn't made any sense. And I think eventually a tide has to turn. I think Vic Fangio plays a, a system that the, that Mahomes has struggled against this year in particular. And Mahomes has come out and said that he hates, like he, he likes to take the shots down the field. Fangio tends to play um, two high safeties, cover two, cover four, cover six. So I think that that's what they'll do. It... It, it is all going to be on Kelsey because what the Chiefs have been able to do against the Broncos time and time again, get get it to Kelsey and he gets yards. Um, I'm going to say that the Broncos are going to have enough because I think it's a very different Broncos defense this year in terms of the cornerbacks. Um, and I think Justin Simmons has really found his form over the last month or so. Uh, so I'm going to say Patrick uh, Sertain, Justin Simmons, Graham Jackson and Ronald Darby are going to have enough and the Broncos are going to somehow eke out a win. And I will probably end up with egg on my face on um, Monday night's uh, show. But um, you got to believe in your team sometime, even when it makes no sense. And this is one of those occasions. So I'm picking the Chiefs, but I'm not picking the Chiefs more so because Patrick Mahomes, the offense this season has been stuttering. As Colin said, it's got a little bit better lately, but still hasn't got to the, the levels in which we have seen over the years of which we've come to expect leading into this season. The Chiefs' defense, having had their struggles at the start of the season, has rebounded very well. Spag seems to have them going in the right direction. Be interested to see how, how they come off the bye week. Sometimes the bye week actually does you a disservice because you have the momentum going, going game to game, and then you take a break and it doesn't kind of materialize and come back to what you saw. They've, they've gone four games in a row, they haven't given up more than 20 points. And I, I find it difficult if those pass rushers and Jones in particular has a day and goes up against the Broncos offense and they struggle and he does get the Teddy Bridgewater. I can say it's been a long night for the Bron Broncos offensively and then that allows Mahomes to have a reasonably good performance without setting the world alight. So for me, I think it'd be a low scoring game. <laughs> Ryan, is the laptop battery gone? <laughs> I think it might be. Let's just, this, this, this is class. Let's just keep him like that. He looks like uh, he's enjoying himself. I'm, I'm glad. I'm at least look. In fairness, at least he got his pick in. He did indeed. There he is. Well, this is good because I can say this now. Uh, last year, 
you may remember the Broncos played the Chiefs in Arrowhead on Sunday night football. Yeah, remember that, Colin? Mm-hmm. It drew lock came into the fourth quarter, it was four or five minutes to go, and all he had to do was take that down the field, and the Broncos probably would have had a very good chance, at least, of beating the Chiefs. They have lost the last 11 games in Arrowhead, but there's a number of different factors here. The Broncos looked fantastic against the Chargers last season, and the Chiefs, as an overall team this season, haven't shown up. They haven't. He's gone. My God. Like, what, what a way to leave during this right now. There's there, there's a lot of variables here. There are two ways of looking at this. The first one is Patrick Mahomes is in a slump. The second one is Patrick Mahomes hasn't been good enough this season. I am actually leaning towards the second one. He's now trying to get 250 plus yards for three games in a row. That's That should be wee buns, as we say up here, for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to... Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hi, Brian. I'm just going to keep talking. Patrick Mahomes really needs to show up in this game. And as you said with Travis Kelsey, it's not just about passing it off to Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Darrell Williams. He needs to get Tyreek Hill. He needs to get Travis Kelsey and other guys on the way as well as Brian tries to work that out. I'll bring him in if he does come on. But for me, I don't think he will. Melvin Gordon is potentially, it seems as if now, he is out of the game. And Brian's back. Well, did you do that on purpose to just try and just wing my whole like pick? Like I've really been bigging up this pick. I was saying, Brian, there now last season, Drew Locke was at the 40-yard line, I think. Uh, okay, the Broncos 40-yard line, four and a half minutes to go in Arrowhead, and all he had to do was take it down the field and win the game, Sunday Night Football. So there are occasions, you know, Drew Locke was the quarterback last year, and the Broncos were close enough to beating the Chiefs. Javante Williams is going to be the lead back on Sunday. In Patrick Mahomes, 65 starts. The Chiefs are 3 and 12 when the, oppo- when the opponent runs at least 49% of the snaps. A combination of giving the ball to Javante Williams, not relying too much on Bridgewater's passes. With Justin Simmons, Pat Sertain playing well, means the Broncos are going to win this game. And if the Broncos do win this game, I have egg in my face for a start because I picked the Chargers last week. The Broncos proved last week their season isn't over, but their season is over if they don't win this game. It isn't over. They still have a chance at the playoffs, but you know, to 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 get through as a wild card, never mind winning the West, to show that you're serious, you go to Arrowhead, you beat the Chiefs because many teams have went there this season. They should have won. The Giants were fantastic against the Chiefs. They should have won. Patrick Mahomes hasn't been good enough this season. I'm saying that now. He's probably threw over five touchdowns, 500 yards on Sunday. It hasn't been good enough. I can't wait for this game. They've got a great Sunday night football, a great Monday night football, but the reality is 11 games is too much and the Broncos are going to win this game. 28 to 27 in Arrowhead. So I can't wait. Uh, I'm going with the Broncos. Look, I was just going to say before, unfortunately, I self-destructed, was that we have seen no matter time and time again in every division that sometimes divisional games just have ways of as Colm said showing results on their head that no one expects but um, it's not as I said it's but look it's the making of a great game this division weekend you know by Monday morning again it'll be turned on its head because the Raiders play and the Chargers have a difficult game and obviously you are playing each other it'd be interesting to see who is where come Monday morning great weekend again that 
it's the best division of football column, and that's that's you know what what Brian said there. You know, one it's like dominoes falling here. It can like even if the, if the Chiefs win, it doesn't just have an effect on the Broncos, it has an effect on the Raiders, the Chargers, and vice versa. So it's going to be a good weekend of football, isn't it? Yeah, going to be a very interesting weekend. I, I have it being a very good weekend for the Broncos because uh, I've gone out on my own about, with the Washington football team, uh, beating the Raiders, and I have the Chargers losing and the Broncos winning. So I'm expecting it to be fantastic. Uh, let's see. But uh, even if I have egg on my face on Monday night, we have a fantastic game to look forward to on Monday. Uh, that is going to be a really, really good one, to I, I imagine. Um, but look, like, as always, I think it'll be a really interesting Sunday. There will undoubtedly be many surprises. And um, yeah, it, let's let's see what happens. Brian, any final words before we go? Well, unfortunately, Mark couldn't be here this weekend for the main show in terms of the picks and everything that we discussed tonight. But I imagine he'll be on tender hooks by the time he arrives in on Monday's show with leading up to what is probably the biggest, I would argue, it's probably the biggest Monday night football game we've had this season. In terms of that AFC, so they go a long way to decide who wins that division. What a way to finish this, the the weekend, and what a way to finish this particular weekend of games, week 13. And then come Monday, we'll see where both our teams are. It's going to be a hell of a two late nights. I need coffee already. Look at my eyes already going. Thanks so much for joining us. Hashtag Irish NFL Show, Irish NFL Show on YouTube, on Twitch, on podcast form, on Twitter at IRENFL. Thank you very much for joining us, folks. Thanks so much to Cynthia for joining us. Michael McQuaid, Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, and Mark Cockerell. Hi, Mark. Lads, enjoy week 13. Take it easy.